You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I think I picked up a little uh, head thing from head cold from his daycare. Yes, you. Yes, you probably did. He came home on Thursday, like stuffy. So I, I didn't bring him on Friday. He's fine Just, now, but now I'm like, that's good. Hey, why do I feel stuffy? Um, maybe you have better immunity than I do, but if I were you, I would just be prepared to be sick for the next five years. <laughs> not even joking. And if you have more kids then you just like keep extending it, you're going to be sick until they're five to six years old. Yeah. That's great. Oh my gosh. So all, yeah, they're all, all mine are home today and they're just, and now Becca's sick and I've got it in my throat and I'm like, Meh. wait, they're all sick today. Oh yeah. They all three have strep throat and the boys have double ear infections. <laughs> I'm so grateful for my miracle monsters. Why the frick do they keep getting sick? Um, but yes, the boys were just like a mess on Thursday on. So I sent Hatton to school Thursday morning. She walks downstairs and she's like, I have a tickle in my throat. I'm like, eh, real? okay. She eats breakfast. She's like, I'm fine. It went away. And I was like, oh, you probably just cause I turned the heat on had like post nasal drip. You're fine. Send her to school. With strep throat, not knowing she had strep throat. And then <clears throat> I go to work. I worked out of the office on, out of here. Um, I had like a bunch of in-person meetings and worked uh, at coffee shops and stuff. Cause I just like, didn't want to be at the house. Come back from work. The boys are a disaster. And I was like, okay. Um. So I took all three. I took the boys by myself. Hatton had soccer. Also sent her to soccer with strep throat. So I take the boys at 5.15 to urgent care because it takes forever to get into their pediatrician, who I love, but still takes forever. And they were closed by the time I got done with work. We're at Medac from 5.15 until 7. They had to have three people come in the room to help me because the boys were that bad. There was a PA, two nurses, and me to swab them for RSV, COVID, strep, get their vitals. It was madness. So they both test positive. I bring Hatton back at 8 a.m. the next morning. She tests positive. Both the boys also had double ear infections. And so they got strep plus a cold that caused the ear infections. And all that was from being back at school for two days. So they were out of school for 27 days with quarantine. Right. And then we went back for a week. They went back for two days, two days. And they probably didn't get sick at all while you were quarantined with them. Not once. <laughs> they, they did not get COVID at all. They got like, what is life? Well, yeah, we've been recording for a little bit, but I'll just, I'll just intro you real quick. Welcome to Heart and Soul episode 45 of season three. I've got Parker Wilson back on the podcast today. Is this your third time? Wow. Yes. Your first season, time with season one, like episode three, 13. Or yeah. Something, something in the early days. And I then believe you're on episode 45 of season three. I know it's wild. You're it's better really, than the bachelor. It's, thank you for saying that. <laughs> more sustainability and more impact and real love that actually lasts. Wow. That's actually very true. 
Um, do you still watch The Bachelor? When I have a minute, I feel like I, if I do, I end up, I feel like it's either one or the other. You can't go like one or two episodes into The Bachelor or Bachelorette. It's an all or nothing. Commitment. Yeah, you gotta commit. Yeah. Gotta I haven't commit. committed in a hot second, but we'll see where I land on upcoming seasons. Is there one right now? I don't even know. Yeah. Michelle. Oh, right. Oh, I feel like I need to commit then. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Good. Thank you for the reminder. She's good content. Um, but yeah, we had Parker on first season, second season, and now third season. So we'll just make it a regular thing, a yearly thing. I'm honored. It feels like better than hosting Saturday night live. Yeah, it really is. Um, but I wanted to have Parker back on because I feel like, well, actually I know she is a friend that is, I'm trying to think of the right word, non-judgmental in seasons that feel judge, judgy, (laughs) judgeable, judgeable. Yes. (laughs) Like you show, you show up regardless of the season that someone's in or regardless of what someone's going through and you let them be exactly as they are. And I'm saying that from personal experience because this last year for me was a shit show, excuse my French heart and soul listeners. Um, and Parker, although we just joked about never really seeing each other in the last year, I feel like you've shown up in like immeasurable ways, even just via text message, um, (laughs) which is I think really rare in friendships, especially as adults. I think you need to really dig to find friendships like that. Don't you think? I agree. You do. i one thing that a friend of mine, Stephanie Lanier said that I appreciate so much is that I think the last couple of years have been the years of deep, not wide friendships, which I think certainly was the case for me because I'm a hundred percent extrovert. So pandemic went great for me. <laughs> it was stellar. Also stellar was bringing newborn twins into the world a month after lockdown. I highly recommend did we, and, did we have you on after the twins or before the twins? No, before it's okay, when I was pregnant lot. with them. We have a yeah, lot. So, so much has happened. Talk about a shit show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> again, pardon the French, but no, I mean, to your point, I think that personally, yes, friendships that I, for me, it's been a little bit more challenging to have the intentional or I guess I'm probably projecting. It's been hard for me to create time to spend in person with people in the last a lot. And I think that I've learned that expectations of friendships need to shift a bit. I mean, I think to your point, a lot of the most supportive and life-changing, literally, I mean, I talked about one of those moments in the very first time I met with you all for, uh, yeah, season one it was a text message that actually saved my life. So I do think it's, you know, we need to recognize that even if we may not be in a season where from a bandwidth perspective, we can sit down and have an hour and a half coffee with all of our dearest friends, which what I would not give for that kind of availability these days. Uh, I would prefer to have kind of the living life side by side through whatever channels we can find than, you know, as much as I love a two hour dinner with my best friends, that's rare today. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, something that I'm learning just in having a child for 
not even three months is your time, your priorities are shifted so differently that it's really not probable to have those hour and a half coffee dates with friends anymore. Um, yeah. I mean, case, case in point, I had a lot of things planned for this week before all three of my kids got strep throat and ear infections. I mean, that's the thing too. I think it's like a season for me, what I had to come have had to consistently come out of is I literally talked to Thomas about this last night. Thomas would be the hubs father of my children, all three of them, uh, is this terrified that he's both the husband and the father of your children. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, you know, it's just FYI. Um, although my cousin this weekend did just learn for the first time that none of my three children are quote unquote natural, which I found really hilarious. She didn't realize that twins did not run in our family. And in fact, all three of my children came from IVF and that conversation was hilarious because she's 15 years old. So you can imagine where that went. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good demo in the future. Yes. My sister decided to kick it off with, well, when two people love each other and find themselves in a laboratory, here's what happens. It was great. But the point being that I told him last night that lately has felt like a consistent season of disappointment, because even when you carve out the time to do something with a friend and you have just waited for it and you're longing for it when you're a mom. And sometimes when you're not a mom, like just life happens, motherhood or, or not, uh, in my reality, someone is sick or something has caught fire at work and it's going to be, you know, it's those friends who will keep, keep messaging and say, no big deal. How'd the day go talk on the phone. Or one thing that we've gotten really good at lately in our friend group is trying to randomly show up on people's porches at eight o'clock at night when things are just, you know, they are that bad. Mm. Um, or just like doing life. Like I'll go and we have two neighbors who just each had their, um, one had their third child and one had their first. And just trying to remember when I'm doing an Instacart order, can I, can I throw two extra things in and be able to just drop at the porch and check in and say, hi. I mean, I think that when we're living life at hyperspeed, intentionality looks a little different just threading it through your everyday life when you can. Yeah. I, I learned uh, just this last week that when I need more, I think I'm actually more, um, I guess, giving of my time with other people. Cause I like realize mm. how much I need it. Not, not even of my time. Like I just admittedly. So I, when I was like single and, you know, had no care in the world, I was not great at just showing up for friends or texting friends if they were sick and being like, Hey, can I send you a meal or any, I was terrible at that. Cause I didn't, I didn't need anything as a person. So I didn't realize that like other people needed things. If, that sounds so stupid, but I think that's something I'm learning in this season is like, I need so much, even in just a text message that I think I have gotten better as a friend at sending humble brag at sending like a message and being like, how you doing? <laughs> You're the best at it. And your ability to just sit and pray with people and acknowledge that someone's in a dark season with, I mean, you're, you've been in it recently and you still are the best at, you know, a daily check-in or even when, you know, there's something that happens when someone says, Hey, this is where I am. And it goes back and forth of, well, since you asked, (laughs) here's where I am and let's, let's be in it together. But I do think there's something about life perspective that, you know, highlights, what we might need and didn't realize. I don't think it's a stupid thing at all. I think when we, you know, back in the day of being single and having not a care in the world, uh, 
what I would not give for the stress of college days. Just kidding. Uh, but I do, I mean, perspective opens your eyes, right? There were so, I became a mom a little bit later than the majority of my friends. And I remember, <laughs> I remember texting one of my best friends from business school. I think my daughter was maybe a hot second old. And I mess, I threw her baby shower when we were in business school and, you know, brought over dinner like once. And I called her and said, I did not bring you enough casseroles. I am so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> because there's something that happens when you, you know, you empathy often comes from experience, right? That seasonality of life. So I think it's, it's hard to get that until we have a good slap in the face perspective. Like I did. <laughs> yeah. My friend, Laura, she had, she got married right when we graduated college. And then she had two babies before I ever even had like a serious boyfriend, I feel like. Wow. So Good when I, when I had my baby three months ago, she's on her third and she texts, she has all, she texts me all the time. And I finally realized a couple months ago when he, when he was born, like I was the worst friend when you had your two babies. Like I never, the only thing I texted was probably like, congratulations, send me a picture or something like that. You know, it was never as empathetic as I should have been in that season of life, but you live things, in you things we learn. Yeah. You live and you learn and you get Uber Eats gift cards. <laughs> okay. So catch our um, listeners up on where you're at. You've done a lot. You had two babies at the same time. Mm-hmm. You um, got in two new jobs since we've last talked to you. And also you- true. And you bought a business. Also true. Yeah. <laughs> Fill us in on all that, Parker. Apparently, pandemics are boring and <laughs> we should add all the things. So, when I last connected with the amazing Heart and Soul listeners, listeners I think I was, I don't know, was I halfway through my pregnancy with the boys? Something like that. You were definitely pregnant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't remember the exact week, but yeah, there's some, some season of that long pregnancy, thankfully long pregnancy. There was a moment there where we were concerned it would not be that long. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I had the boys in April of 2020 and two healthy, wild humans, Rainer, Michael, and Thomas, John three, dun, dun, dun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Rainer and TJ are now 18 months old. Uh, TJ is very fiery. My redhead who is blowing everything up that he can. And Rainer is an orchid who must be attached to me. And I think would prefer to be in my womb again. I don't even know, but he is, um, he's my teddy bear. So Hatton is four and a half and probably I'd say late 2020, I was through Sparks. So my previous world, and I still have a couple of clients via Sparks, but the last gosh, almost nine years. I've done startup consulting uh, primarily for companies kind of in early stage, one to three year. That's the world I know and love. Tag teamed a client with a company out of Raleigh and lo and behold, they decided to offer me a full-time job. And I was not looking to go back into kind of corporate side, but I definitely missed being with a team. I missed the energy that came from collaborative work and had the chance to to work with clients, I probably wouldn't have just via Sparked. So I joined that company and now I'm kind of back and forth to Raleigh once every three to four weeks, which that conversation always makes me laugh. I remember, I think it may have been my mother-in-law. She called me and she said, don't you really miss the kids when you go? And I said, um, I go for two nights and I'm in the car alone for four hours. It's really magical. Yeah. Um, dream. 
It is a dream, but I will say that there are, I think that one thing I loved about Sparked was really owning my time and I own a lot less of it now. I was working full-time with Sparked as well. So the hours count didn't change, but when I did those hours certainly has. And I think that the reality of really, um, you know, that, that part of working motherhood has been really jarring in some ways and freeing in others. I mean, I think anyone in the space of entrepreneurship, like you're in, we, I actually think that sometimes it's even more difficult because we know that if we're not working, we're not generating business. So there is this kind of relentless nature to entrepreneurship that I think can sometimes be really taxing in motherhood. I still have my hands in both. I'm in corporate side. And then, as you mentioned, took over one of my previous clients businesses. So in, I guess, June of this year, one of my favorite people in the world, Jana Crittenden, who founded Squeak, she announced that she was closing. Countless people went a little crazy and said, please don't close, please don't close. I was one of those people. And in September of, uh, of 2021, we closed on the business. So my husband and I, and then two business partners out of, um, in this, in the CPG space, consumer packaged goods, all invested in the business and took it over. Uh, it's been, yeah, almost two months. So still working a full-time job and also, also schlepping some cleaning products on the side. But it's just, it was a business I believed in from the beginning. I mean, I've consulted for her for almost three years. She's one of my first clients with Sparked. And I grew up in a warehouse. I mean, I grew up in manufacturing and retail and e-com. And so to see my kids running around that warehouse and all of us packing boxes together every Sunday is really sentimental in an odd way because it's very reflective of my childhood. And uh, yeah. I grew up grew up that way. And it's fun to see my kids in it too. So we'll see where all that goes, but it's been a really exciting ride. It's been my dream for as long as I can remember. And I've dabbled in it a couple of times trying to own an e-commerce business, had another one for about three years, uh, that we sold to one of our previous, uh, vendors I had when I lived in Charleston, had that business for a while. And it's fun to be back in it again. We'll see how this one goes. Well, I mean, I feel like probably our listeners know squeak but Jana was on season one as well and she right. talked all about squeak and if you don't know what squeak is it's natural cleaning products um made in wilmington and shipped out online and now yeah, made, wait, made by yours truly are you still in oh. whole foods was she in whole foods or something no not in whole foods yet operative word yet hmm. but earth fair prior to earth fair, earth fair. closing and then right now in Wilmington, Tidal Creek and Lovey's, a couple others. Um, but we have lots of exciting retail partnerships that we're, we're targeting for the future. So that's definitely the goal. I mean, you can purchase it online now and in some small co-ops kind of are scattered around. But we certainly have our sights set on some pretty, some pretty large retailers. So fingers crossed. My mother-in-law loves Squeak. And when she saw that someone bought it, she was like, oh my gosh, it's still going to be a thing. And I was like, not only is it going to be a thing, but one of my best friends bought it. So <laughs> I feel like even more connected to it. She placed an order, I think a couple weeks ago. And I was like, oh, yeah. precious thing. I love her. Uh, yeah. And what was so hard is that we had to keep it a secret from so many people. I mean, I didn't even tell you when we were in the middle yeah. of negotiations. No one knew. So when it went live on Instagram, I was very excited about the response and everyone was just above and beyond, but we were, we were under contract and not allowed to talk about it at all for from July 4th until September 15th. I had to keep that secret. It was well, awful. 
Ooh, that's yeah. a big secret. It was a very big secret. <laughs> and, and it was a lot of people that were interested. So it wasn't, you know, and, and kind of the way we went about it was different than a lot of other individuals. We had a specific strategic plan in place and, you know, what, what we were able to bring to the table was sweat equity and a promise that we would, we would make it work and really make it grow. And I think Jana and I are really, we're aligned in a number of things. Certainly I think our passion for the business and vision for what it could be. And we're both twin moms. So it's like meant to be, but, um, yeah, I'm really excited. Twins and a single. Correct. She, and she's just like me. She had her single first. Mm-hmm. And then her twins after that. So, um, yeah, I, I oftentimes I'll text her and tell her, please tell me that I'm going to make it because, you know, the newborn days are definitely hard, but I will say having them 18 months old and mobile, good Lord in heaven. Yeah. At they, least, they at break least stuff. newborn, you can like put them in a crib and go pee if you need to. Yeah. My, my sister calls that the potted plant stage. And that's <laughs> very accurate but they're hard for different reasons. Right. I mean, newborn days, I feel like, especially people ask all the time, was it really hard to go from one to three? And I still, to this day say that going from zero to one was infinitely harder. There are certainly things about having twins that is kind of a mind warp, but Thomas and I often joke that we actually have two and a half kids, not three, because the reality is they're still doing things at the same time, right? They can egg each other on. There's a lot of it that can be really difficult, but at the same time, nap schedules are the same. The things that we'll face with them from like, a, I mean, my best friend from high school, she has four children that are all like two to three years apart. And she'll call me and tell me what's going on. And then say, I'm sorry, I know you have twins. I'm like, dude, what you are navigating is infinitely harder in my humble two cent opinion, because you have a 10 year old facing pressure at school and a one-year-old who is doing God only knows what is happening. So I think that motherhood in general is simply it's beautiful and it's really gritty and really messy. And I think that for me, the kind of my personal loss of identity and just a lot of things that threw me, even after going through four years of infertility, like even after all of that and how desperately we wanted to have her still, I was not prepared, (laughs) still not prepared. People tell me all the time, like, when do you know you're ready for kids? I'm like, Oh, I walk up to get them up every morning and I'm not ready. I don't, I don't know where they came from unclear. I don't know where they came from. Um, yeah, I, I've been definitely struggling with that of, I prayed for this for so long. I wanted this, I, you know, grieved for this and now I have it and I love it, but I'm also the most scared, sad at times. Um, and I feel less like myself than ever before. Yeah. Have you found yourself trying to convince yourself that of like a number of things like, A, this is worth it. B, I'm going to be okay. C, I really prayed for this. And therefore I, I should be in X emotional pattern. Yeah. The amount of times I've looked at Michael and said, I really do like being a mom. And he's like, I know is uncountable at this point. It's at least every other day where I'm like, I really do want this. I promise. I'm just like really struggling. (laughs) Well, I, there's a part of me that thinks for people who, and this could be the case for a lot of people. I just, you know, I want to have our, our little internal friend moment maybe. Yeah. But I think for people who are wired, like the two of us, at least for me, I like fast growth, instant gratification. I have this 
vision for where I see things where I want them to be and, and can have a plan of how to get there. I think the, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. My kids can listen to this in 20 years and I'll be okay with it. I think the monotony and just relentless nature of parenting is counterintuitive to how I'm actually wired. Yeah. And it doesn't actually mean that I'm not meant to be a mom or I'm not the mom that God intended for these tiny humans to have. It's just a different, it, it, it just is different. And there's a book and I've only gotten through parts of it because apparently when I sit down and read a book, I fall asleep, which is a problem, <laughs> but it opens with, it's called ordinary. And it opens with this story about a woman who I believe if I remember it correctly was doing, she was doing mission work, I believe in sub-Saharan Africa. I can't remember exactly where. And this was so poignant for me because I had just done a consulting project in Kenya and like actually felt the most aligned with my internal values I'd ever felt in that season of my life. I did a project in Cape town and I did one in Kenya. I did one in Eastern North Carolina. And I was like, this is like, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be in this world of economic development. Like this is going to be my life for forever. And she talks about how, when that part of her life ended and she moved into a new season where she was making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every single morning, day in and day out, something around how she like questioned God's kind of, you know, portrait for her life or intention or purpose or what have you but that his goodness and purpose is found as much, even more so in the ordinary as in the kind of quote unquote extraordinary, but that she saw so much more impact in these kind of extreme mountaintop experiences where God actually meets us even more so in the very, that it's, it's harder to, in my opinion, it's been harder for me to like, to, to find God's character in the everyday. Maybe it's because I just you know, live for the thrill of exciting stuff and really don't think that washing out a bento box, even though I think it's so beautifully crafted every morning, is just not, not that thrilling. But then you have these moments. I mean, Hatton is the one that has taught me more than I could ever teach her in the last four years. But you have these moments where you're like, how are you that incredible? And I think about those moments of just mind blowing connection with your child where you're like, oh, totally. I totally see in this one moment, but I need like 20,000 of those apparently. I, I actually really get that. I feel like when I did, when I would do a soul event, for instance, or even coach one night where there were maybe 30 women, I would go home with such a high of like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like this is kingdom work. I can feel women's lives being transformed. But when you are in the everyday monotony of parenthood. Sometimes there's so many little moments that you don't experience those big highs all the time. Mm -hmm. So you forget that it actually is kingdom work as well. Like making a the most sandwich. Yes. For, for a lot of reasons, some of the most impactful kingdom work in some ways, um, at least in the sense of being able to, to shape a tiny human, uh, yeah. what I didn't realize is how much that person was going to refine and, and shape me. But I think that I feel like that's often the case with, you know, I have a lot of friends who don't want to have children or can't have children, uh, biologically, or just the, the journey into parenting has looked really different. So like a wide variety of friendships, right. All over the map. I feel like when you, I'm older than you, so it's a thing. Barely. <laughs> But I think that 
for me, what I learned in maintaining, you know, maintaining transparency in those friendships, I'm trying to think about how to, how I'm wording this because it might come out sounding weird and I'm, I'm reflecting, make sure it doesn't. Although a lot of what I say is weird. It's been so comforting for me to see seasonality and, and understand that God's story for that person is coming, is, is coming forth in a lot of different ways. And that most of those ways are extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. Whether that is a really big move to a different place, whether that's having a child. And like, for me, it was kind of the, the cycle of guilt and shame associated with who I thought I was going to be as a mom was not able to get there. Um, I was doing my quiet time this morning, which I'll be honest, that's probably my first quiet time in a long time. I've had a interesting faith navigation as of the last chunk of time, um, large chunk of time. I'm with you, sister. So what was really powerful was that the opening quote was something to the extent of, I really wish I was good at the verbatim thing, but I'm not. Um, Something about like, Lord, my life is a, verse and you've turned my journey into song. And I was like, Whoa, okay. I'm here for that. And I think that that's one thing that's been important for me to, to see is that, um, you know, I'm (laughs) probably bitter and cynical lately, but yeah, God's just going to use circumstances that, that aren't always the most comfortable to, you know, pressure test and not that I think that he like seeks to life is just is broken in general and he's not going to leave us in it. And that pressure test is going to produce good because he works things together for good. I certainly have seen in the last couple of years, I think more people are allotted their fair share of suffering than they should be. And I do not understand that. And I think God meets us in that too. And like every questioning deal, but at any rate, yeah, i I should probably have more quiet times. They seem to be a productive use of time. Um, but the discomfort is, it can come in a number of ways. And for me, motherhood was certainly, I I have felt, I, I remember telling Thomas this, I was like, I feel so much better at, or so much more, um, capable and literally like negotiating in some terrifying boardroom full of suits than actually face to face with a six week old child. That was so strange to me because I think I expected this instant connection And for a number of reasons that didn't happen immediately. And it made me question everything, everything, but I still went and did IVF again to have even more kids, which is so weird, (laughs) but I'm so glad. (laughs) Because it is worth it. I mean, I I don't want anyone to think that we're like Debbie Downers. I think we're just more realistic on what people actually think behind the scenes of. Oh yeah. No, we're just, we're just tired. I'm kidding. But no, I do exhausted. exhausted. I do think, and I, I mean, I have felt like I need to apologize to you a hundred times because I, I think I have told you certain points in time. I promise you there's, there's, you know, it's going to get better. You're going to get to a point where you can feel somewhat of your, your footing again. Um, but I don't, that does not help in the moment. And I think that there's been a lot in this particular time of mom life, especially when Hatton turned three, which really threw me for a loop. Um, there's been a lot where it hasn't gotten easier. It hasn't felt yeah. simpler. I mean, case in point, which you already know about this, cause I'd reached out to you for prayer really early on. I thought that when my kids hit one, 
we're going to be, you know, smooth sailing. And instead TJ starts throwing us for medical questions and we end up in Raleigh every other day and, you know, MRIs and all the things. And, um, I just, I recognize in that moment too, and this was really overwhelming for me. And I needed to acknowledge that it overwhelmed me was that the uncertainty of parenting, the, I cannot protect my children, that they could get bullied at school, that something really tragic could happen, that I cannot keep them in a bubble 24 seven. I mean, I remember when we went to Hatton's preschool visit, we had to have an entire parent meeting on their lockdown procedures for preschool. That blows my mind that we have to be concerned about things like that today. So there's a lot about parenting that I think is, you know, things we just experienced later on. And for me in that newborn season, that also was like very paralyzing for me, recognizing the eternal title of mom, like can't quit this job. Can't move to another state. Can't get, can't, can't quit it. That's so true. Very scary because <laughs> they're the still eternal, there. The eternal title. And maybe that's why it feels so daunting at times is because, you know, mm-hmm. if you've had a rough week at work, then you have the weekend, like you don't get a recharge. Yes. So yeah. it feels so daunting to be like, oh, I'm doing this all over again tonight, tomorrow. And also through the night right now. <laughs> yes. friend. Um, but you know, I, I do, what I do appreciate is even in the chaos of, of life right now, there are little, like I call them God winks where Mm -hmm. I realize that I am where I'm supposed to be. Like last night, for instance, we, we watched that movie, um, Bohemian Rhapsody this weekend about Queen. I hadn't seen it. Oh my gosh. What? And the best. And Wills was like, at the end, there's this big concert where they show like 20 minutes, 20 minutes of music, queen music. And Wills was the happiest I've ever seen him watching queen. And Mm -hmm. I realized like, okay, my boy queen is his thing. Like, this is what I can do to calm him down. So like last night, Michael went to, or yesterday afternoon, Michael dropped his parents off at the airport and then went to the grocery store and it was just me and him. And I was like, here we go. Here we go. And he had like a, a freak out moment. And so I just put queen on, on the Apple TV as loud as I could. And we just started, I just started swaying with him in my arms and he started laughing. And I was like, okay, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Even though five minutes ago, I wanted to throw this kid across the <laughs> because he was so freaking out. So just like, you get those little God winks throughout the day that remind you like, yes, you're where you're supposed to be. And that you're empowered to do the job that's before you. Yeah, you can do it. Even if it takes a little Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> I mean, if it takes Bohemian Rhapsody, you should, the things that we did to calm Hatton down, God bless it. I mean, whew, same with Teach, these my fiery kids. But I do think, I think those moments are so life-giving and sustaining and uh, when you're in the throes. And I think it's important too, to like, this has been, one of the biggest gifts, my, uh, the same friend that has four humans, and she's just also great at life that she encouraged me to recognize that the way I'm wired is actually a tremendous gift and specifically designed for, for my kiddos. And also to bring glory to the, the one who made me the way that I am, 
and trying to, I think, I remember telling someone that I really wish I was like someone else better at a lot of things, including motherhood. And someone was like, who's like good at motherhood. Like, I don't know all the people who can make the perfect Santa handprint ornaments. And they look like they came straight out of like front gate and you should sell them for a hundred dollars. I literally like, Oh, I mean, perfect example. The one and only Kellyanne who ha- also has twins and a singles in apple slices. Please follow her on Instagram. If you don't, I do. She is, oh my gosh. She is wonderful. She has those star cutter fruit things and changes out her playroom every two seconds to be amazing. And I literally messaged her and I was like, can I figure out how to be you? And what's beautiful is that she's incredibly transparent. And she's like, yeah, today was not a good day. How, how can I help you? Tell, let me tell you about my day. And it's really interesting to see one thing I did this year that was probably more helpful than even the years of therapy I've done is I hired an Enneagram coach and that was life-changing. Really? So, yes. And I cannot You're recommend it enough. I'm a four hardcore okay. four. I test, I split test seven often, uh, <laughs> which doesn't also doesn't surprise me, but yeah, the, the individualist, romantic, creative, moody side of me is hundred percent four, but our number one passion or better articulated struggle. The thing where we, we dip into negative is envy and understanding that, that it's rooted in thinking I should be someone else, expecting myself to be better than, you know, this version or whatever often drives me into comparison. I was like, oh, yeah, so much of this makes sense now. Well, and it doesn't help that we live in a digital world where when you scroll through Instagram, you see everyone seemingly having a perfect experience, but that's just what they're showing. You know, they don't, it's good that you messaged her and that she said, actually, today was a really hard day, even though you saw this star cutter. Perfect fruit bowl. Fruit bowl. Yeah. Like totally designed for the holidays. And she's, she'll post when it's like not been a great time, which I always appreciate that about her. And her goal is to really help parents navigate every developmental stage. She's a, she's a former preschool teacher, you know, really effectively. And I so value that I have, I also unfollowed about 450 people on Instagram in the last couple months, which was very helpful. Also gave up Instagram for a couple months. Also really helpful. Um, because I recognized if it was not fueling kind of the, where I want to improve or learn more or whatever, all it did was feed the comparison side. And so I think like we say all the time, all the things you just said about Instagram, like all of us inherently know those things, that it's not real, <laughs> that often people are only posting the best, but we still choose what we're consuming. Yeah. And it still affects us. Even if you know what's oh, yeah. true, it doesn't mean it doesn't affect you or tell you a story that's not true. And yeah. you start to believe it. So basically what you've gotten for me today is like unfollow a thousand people on Instagram, stick to texting your friends regularly and you know, I will pray for you as a mom and by squeak and, and what and by squeak and by squeak, please. And thank you. So that my kids can go to college. I really appreciate it. No, but I, but yeah, I mean, it's a, I do, there's something about the blend of, of entrepreneurship and like creative energy and all the things that I do think, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just trying to convince myself that I'm fine, but it makes motherhood for me it's just been different because I haven't seen quote unquote, all the wins from my brilliant, you know, two year strategy 
my daughter is going to take that to your strategy. Actually, TJ would take it and literally flush it down the toilet because if you can't find him, he is playing in the toilet every time. <laughs> Not joking. Okay. So what would you say? Like, even if our listener is, even if someone's listening and they're not a mom, but they're in like a chaotic season of life or they just, their mind feels chaotic. What would you say? What would you say to affirm them? And what would you say to give them some sort of advice to pause in the day? Like, what would you tell them to do? That's such a great question. And I was trying to sort of allude to that way earlier when I wasn't doing so effectively and talking about the variety of friendships that yeah. I have in my circle, um, my community, because I do think what I was trying to get to was, I, I don't think anyone needs a specific thing to experience chaos. It yeah. is inherent in the life that we lead for better or worse. And because I, I feel like I've experienced chaos in a number of seasons of my life long before I was a mom. They just happen to like make physical chaos thing yeah. too. But um, I had a friend tell me recently that same, same friend with four kids, if you can't tell me Marco Polo 20 times a day, <laughs> that it is, she sent me a, 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 another fantastic podcast uh, talking about how when our minds are in a state of chaos, that we can experience peace detached from our circumstances, meaning that even if our circumstances do not change, peace is still possible. Mm -hmm. For me, finding some semblance of steadiness, which I will admit, I think is ebbing and flowing more than I would like it to. I'm, I'm working to get into a bit more, and certainly the Enneagram coaching has helped with that, um, trimming down reactions and moving into a bit more consistency. But one, I think it's really acknowledging what are the key factors that are chaos inducing right now, putting those in buckets, what can be changed and what can't. Mm. So for me, there's a lot in my life that's self-induced chaos. So I told you that Enneagram four struggle with envy. One thing that supports Enneagram four is more than anything is diligence and discipline, but it's actually one of the hardest things for us to do. So I know how I could make my life better. <laughs> it's a matter of really choosing that. So there's a lot in my work life. I, I work for an agency, a tech dev agency. And so that means that I'm somewhat at the beck and call of clients, which I've been like that at Spark too. So I can draw parameters around that, what that looks like, but if a fire erupts, it erupts. So it's, you know, how am I going to handle that? And also what kind of foundation do I have in place that if my personal life is in chaos, you know, the, the back and forth, um, Vivian Howard, who owns Chef and the Farmer, she said it best at a public speaking event once where people said, how do you do it all? And she said, well, I don't, some days I'm a really good author and restaurant owner. And the next day I'm a really good mom and a restaurant owner. And the next day I'm just a really good mom. Like there is no mm. 150%. We're made up of 100% and that's divided up in chunks. Yeah. Period. So that chaos piece, I think, is really evaluating, like, what are the pieces in my life that are out of my control? What's, where am I in choice right now? And then how can I, to me, that is actually affirming, recognizing, yeah. like, what I've chosen. And, and also, um, Thomas reminded me of this last night, too. These are weird and hard days. Yeah. I think that we're faced with a lot of noise, a lot of division, a lot of, um, 
I don't know. I think it's just, it feels more disjointed at least. I told Thomas that I feel very fragmented across friend groups, across work, across everything. We're, most of us are in hybrid work models or we're, you know, which therefore allows us to actually invest in probably more things than we could. And it becomes really chaotic. So I think acknowledging that this is just a super weird time, super yeah. weird. And, you know, people have told me over and over, like, extend yourself grace, just give yourself a minute. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think that's also like, if you're looking for peace in a situation, maybe, maybe it's not picking up your Jesus calling app and reading a Devo. Maybe it is being in a medac urgent care with three kids screaming and texting a friend saying, this sucks. Maybe yes. that is something that brings you peace is just like, can I yes. confide in you? Or can I just tell you that I'm in a really shitty situation right now? And just that was my chest. Totally me Thursday, hundred percent. I was like, I texted two of my friends and I said, I'm going to be really straight with you. I received news from work and my two of my three kids are at medic right now. They're really sick. My family reunion probably just went up in smoke and I'm really sad. I said, there's this is not monumental. This is not revolutionary. But in this moment, these, I literally said on my text, these are the types of days that make motherhood sad for me. Yeah. Just, and like, and that's okay. It is very disappointing to have to be with, you're supposed to be with 25 people. It was also my first family reunion without my cousin who passed away in May. And I was devastated that we couldn't all be together. I was so frustrated. Yeah. And I think that we thankfully ended up being able to go in for the day because they had strep throat and not COVID. We, we were able to all be outside and I could just drive. Thank goodness. I lived in North Carolina could drive two and a half hours, go see them and come back. Point being, but yeah, I totally agree. I think that being able to just say, this is such a bummer moment. And the more and more I'm in connection with people about the good and bad moments. I mean, I remember when I got really sick about a month ago and I forgot to mention this when TJ was back and forth to Raleigh, we had dinner covered for us by a group of friends. We don't even know who they were for seven full days. Oh my like God. I just showed up every day and there was food. There also was breakfast food. I mean, it wasn't just like a meal. It was like people stocked our groceries and these are things I could have done, but the way I would now I feel like I'm going to cry the way people just showed up without me even asking or saying, that's what I mean by like living life with people. When you share with people, what is kind of inducing chaos, your friends will rally. And if you are honest of like, I'm literally incapable of, you know, making a choice right now. I think that was also when I dealt with postpartum anxiety with Hatton, literally staying in a pasta. aisle, like, I couldn't even make a choice about spaghetti. What kind, why are there 800 kinds? <laughs> but I think that it's, you know, those, those things that could be like a chink in the armor of consistently making you feel like you're not enough and you can't do the things we are not meant to live life in isolation. We are meant to live it relationally and in community, which is what I also think made the last couple of years so hard. And to me, inviting my people into the chaos with me, they are on, they are at a different point in their boat, if that makes sense, where they can navigate those seas much more effectively than I can for, and yeah. I have another friend who has a really, really sick child. And like, that's not something I deal with every day. And for me, I can fill in the gaps from time to time for her, just like she can for me in other areas. Yeah. So I think it's, 
piece is also found in inviting people into your story and letting them, letting them love you. I mean, good Lord, if my children have taught me nothing else, it is the just earth shattering goodness that comes from allowing people to love you. Wow. Let people I don't love know you. That, that needs to be written on my mirror. Uh. <laughs> for mine too, my friend, I do not like asking for help at all at all. I feel like it makes me, I felt now I'm like, hi, can you please bring me something? Um, I feel like it made me look weak, especially after, you know, I just, I wanted to look like I could do all the things and yeah. I definitely cannot. And I don't want to anymore. So I think that on the, on the chaos piece of finding peace in the midst, it really is. Yeah. Summarizing those things. Um, bucketing the bucketing the things and and looking at them really with intention and inviting people into those spaces to like to speak wisdom too around like I mean I had in my in the last year I've had a lot of friends that I've invited into where do you see me show up really well and where where have I not yeah uh and then just really recognizing that too um there are going to be things that I've someone said recently I feel like I finally figured out something with one thing and then it changed on its head the next day. And there's something about, I don't know that it's like acceptance that things might shift, but more, maybe a little bit of acceptance, maybe some humor, but I think that comes to, and just kind of inviting people into it. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's just seeing that God is, is weaving a story. Yeah. I don't know. It just allows me to be a little more flex (laughs) that I'm not going to be able to control it it makes purpose for a painful moment. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, if you're listening, (laughs) you're allowed to say this sucks. And I like my life. Like you're allowed to simultaneously feel both at the same time without feeling guilt or shame about the, this sucks part. The both and life has been very revolutionary for me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even in like the faith journey that I can both love Jesus and have a hundred questions around yeah. this one particular topic. I mean, I, I know that growing up, I didn't want to face any of that. Cause I was so afraid that it was good. I don't know, like I totally rock my, I have no idea. I was like, you know, 20. Um, but just being able to recognize and, and move into a life of, of both. And is yeah. yes. I mean, absolutely. I will never forget <laughs> ever being, I'm not exaggerating, being on a conference call, AirPods in, changing back-to-back diapers, Rainer gets his foot caught in it. And like, I'm literally on the call on mute and I'm, I'm like leading the call, but for what, I can't remember why I think Thomas might've been traveling. And I feel like, I don't remember why I didn't have, I don't remember why I was on my own, but I was on my own that day. And someone said, well, Perker, how are things for you? And I said, well, right now it's, it's an actual shit show. Like literally like there is poop on the mirror. There is poop on me. It is everywhere. And I just remember looking in the mirror at one point and just laughing and saying, you know what? Good for me for doing the things for right now. And one day I'll either a not remember this or B talk about it at his wedding and make total fun of him. Rainer, for whatever reason, loves to kick his diapers. And it is so unbelievable. I don't know how he has the coordination. We just started. Yeah. We just started combo feeding, uh, to introduce formula for William to switch him and oh my gosh, his poops are 
ratchet. I've yep. never experienced a smell quite as rank as this. It's yeah. Weird. So yeah, I understand literal shit shows every day. Yes. Um, well, I just love you. I'm going to ask you the four questions just to see where you're at right now, but this is bring just, it. It's just been fun. Just talking without really remembering that we're recording. Um, <laughs> we'll probably regret that later. Yeah, I'm maybe. Kidding. I don't know. Maybe, maybe just me. <laughs> <laughs> Zero regrets. Okay. What is something that you are currently obsessed with right now? I am somewhat not ashamed to admit this, but I am, I'm real deep into made on Netflix. Watch the whole thing in two days. Oh my gosh. Really triggering in some weird ways. Yeah. Not, and I don't know why, because I've not, uh, well, I've, I've not been in a significantly uh, ever emotionally abusive or physically abusive relationship, which I'm extremely thankful for. What has been really, uh, I do recommend people I would say major trigger warning. It is, it is very intense. Um, but it has been extremely important for me to understand from a systematic perspective, what presently exists that inhibits people in general from being able to flourish. And I'll just leave it at that. So I am, I'm deep in the made and love it. That hit me major because I have family in situations similar to that. And I never understood or had empathy for their certain situation. And then I watched this show and I was like, wow, like it really sets you up to not be set up. If that makes sense. And being a four, I tend to like throw myself into the show, into anything I watch, anything I read. This is part of why Thomas insists on me only watching happy pod. Like I've never seen Ted Lasso. We don't have Apple TV and I hear him. I know that's the same reaction I get from everyone. Oh my God. It makes me so happy. I think I just need more happy for sure. So that's one thing I'm currently into and and probably need to switch into something happy here here soon. I'll give you, I'll give you my Apple TV login. You need some Ted Lasso. So sweet. Yeah. You you. need it. Okay. Second question is what is something that you're excited for? I guess there's only two months left in the rest of 2021. Very, very, sure my listening. very excited about Santa this year. Very excited about Santa. Uh, my daughter is four and a half and it's just really fun. Like this, this age is kind of flipping magic. So I know, I feel like it reinvigorates like the, yes. the joy of Christmas when there's little kids around. It really does. And we also, our commitment to one another and to one thing we had to share with our family, unfortunately, was that when our first child turned three, we would start spending our Christmas day at home to start building traditions in our home. So last year was our first time to do that. And now with the boys walking and expressive, I'm really pumped to have all three of them. Well, the boys sort of slide down the stairs, but all three of them (laughs) come down the stairs, you know, to Christmas here. And I'm just really looking forward to that. I, that's also been a really affirming part of motherhood. I, I love, this is kind of a sweet spot for me right now in the sense of Hatton's age. I can't totally almost there with the boys, but I think really recognizing that, uh, I mean, I love, I love this kind of toddler season and learning new things. And, uh, anyway, that's fun. So looking forward to that and really, really, really loving and looking forward to learning this side of business. I've consulted for years almost a decade and to be really in the throes of 
everything of supply chain management, of ops and finance, thankfully with Thomas's support on a lot of those things and on really what customer conversion looks like and product development. I mean, these are all pieces that I've told my clients what the path could look like and talk about developing empathy. This is a cool thing for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the third question because I was just thinking of what's my squeak code so that I could tell people. <laughs> oh, it's, it's Catherine 20. Although Catherine if, 20. if you have any issues with promo codes, reach out to me because we're having a little bit of difficulties on the software side, but yes, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N two yes. zero. Okay. Yeah. Go if you're looking for holiday gifts for, um, anyone, actually, I was going to tell you my, the Banco side is doing a white elephant, um, themed, mm not white elephant. Yeah. White elephant themed present. So the theme this year is natural. So I'm going to get so all sweet products because they're all natural and be, that'd be my white elephant gift. So yeah, if you're looking for a Christmas present right now, go to get squeaky with us.com. You got it. Yep. Thanks and for that little plug. Use the code Catherine 20, and then I'll go through the next two questions. Um, third question is what is something that you really love about yourself right now? Oh, Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, I love having friends with newborns right now. I love, I love being in the, uh, <laughs> random, I, I, a week and a half ago, a friend of mine, well, this is when I texted you from the Whole Foods parking lot yeah. that I had a, a mom in crisis and I was like, I, I'm got one mom in crisis. You doing okay? What do you need? <laughs> um, I, I love being able to sit with moms right now that are ones I don't even know very well, who thankfully, because I think I've been a little bit, not a little bit, I've been pretty open with my uh, experience with depression. And I'm super thankful that moms have felt comfortable connecting with me. And it's, um, I don't know, just talk about bringing purpose to pain. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a moment there where I wasn't, I wasn't sure that, uh, there was a future for me. So I'm really thankful to, to be on the other side of that right now. And I love that about vulnerability. I really yeah. love that vulnerability brings us really unique experiences that are gratifying. That's probably a bad word to use, but. Well, one of, I, let me just affirm this. One of your callings in life is I do believe like a mentorship for young moms, like, mm-hmm if I can just affirm that for you, like you are, um, uh, you have a gift of encouraging, listening and showing up for very specific new moms. Like that's like where you thrive. I think. Oh, I mean, I appreciate just, that. Thrown, you've thrown up, you've shown up for me <laughs> and, <laughs> and I want to throw up <laughs> and, and it's been life-changing and life-giving. Well, so I appreciate that. I, I think I finally figured out, cause you know, I've always wanted to write a book for whatever reason. Um, but I think I have a title finally called beyond the baby shower is what I think I want to call it. Um, but I, That's I appreciate good. that a lot. Well, That's we'll see. Really good. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it, it can, it can, I need to remember how dark it can be because I think that and for so many, it's not, I should also, yeah. I feel like clarify <laughs> this podcast with that <laughs> for so many, it is not. And I think that it can feel really lonely for even, I would say just in case there are people listening 
that may be on their like third, fourth, fifth kid. I have two friends, one who struggled with really severe PPD with child number three and one with child number five, never had experienced it before. Mm. So I do think it's also really important that we are just hyper aware of seismic shifts in our lives, whether that is a child, a move, a marriage, a divorce, a death, anything Mm-hmm. it can impact people regardless of where you are in your life. It can impact you in a really different way. Uh, and I think 2020 taught me a lot about just checking in with, with people because we weren't, we weren't present. At least we were not because we felt a bit more locked down because of TJ, but we just were not with people that much. Yeah. So it nobody was the people was. who really, nobody, I will say that was a great time to have a newborn. So it's like, Oh no FOMO. No, nobody's doing anything. Yeah, I'm not right. missing out on anything. It's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Okay. Last question, which I, you've already bestowed so much wisdom to our listeners, but if you could leave women who are listening with one little piece of truth today, what mm. would you want to leave them with? Maybe, the, maybe the let people love you truth. That's it. You have tremendous value as a person. And that does not mean that you have to consistently be in a place of pouring out to others. Mm. It is just as beautiful, just as valuable, just as precious to be a person who can accept love and support from the people around you. Because I assure you, it is a blessing to the person who's giving to you. And it also to your point earlier on, we were actually don't remember if this part was recorded or not, but talking about how much more it develops empathy for us that when we are in, when we transition back into a season of being able to give, it reminds us to go and do that and empowers us to go and do that. But I think that really highlighting how good it is to be in a place of receiving love. Yeah. Really powerful. One time my grandmother, when I was living with her, she said, it feels good for the person blessing you to bless you. So let them bless you. Yes, that. And that kind of reminded me of when she said that, like, let someone love you so that Mm -hmm. you can remember how good it felt and then love other people well because of it. Absolutely. Um, Well, I love you. I love you. (laughs) Thanks so much for being a third time guest on the podcast. We'll see you for season four. Um, but I yeah, listener, listeners, if you want to follow get squeaky with us on Instagram, it's at get squeaky with us Buy all the products for Christmas, use the code Catherine 20. And then do you want to pitch, uh, your own Instagram? You can follow me at the sparks life. <laughs> if you'd like and my it is own Instagram life. It is a good it, life. It is a personal feed full of the grit and glory that is running businesses and the ebbs and flows of marriage and a lot of, a lot of tiny humans and no filters zero. I don't even own presets because I don't know how to download them. I need to learn. Uh, and also our wonderful golden retriever Jasper. He's in there a lot too. Yeah, he's an angel. Um, all right. Well, I love you and listeners. I, love I will you. link all that in the show notes and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.